this is black guy, white guy talking. I'm a black guy. I'm Elwin. I'm a white guy. I'm Zach. And we became friends by talking, talking about race and race relations. Episode five was recorded on July 23rd, 2020. Tonight's episode, I want to frame it correctly and I want to start off by saying that this is, I want to kind of name the episode a little bit, an opportunity to have a conversation. So, mm. and that that was a quote from Julian Edelman of the New England Patriots. I believe he still plays for the Patriots. Mm-hmm. So it's important because, you know, there's a lot of, obviously there's a whole bunch of, uh, there's a whole lot of conversations or lack of conversations that go on that are not being had about race. That's why we're here. We're attacking this, you know, with a lot of passion. I also want to start off by saying that this is a this conversation that I, we're going to have has been a conversation that me, myself, have I've pushed. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a black man. Zach's a white man, but Zach's also a Jewish man. And, you know, I wanted to push this conversation because there's a lot of there's a lot of confusion and a lot of miseducation. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of ignorance around, mm-hmm. you know, the topic of um, anti-Semitism. And I fall in the category of, I want to say complete ignorance, but now, but I think before, yes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's an area where I don't want to include all black. I'm definitely not going to call include all black people in it because I'm not all black people but I'm going to start with me and I mm-hmm. think a lot of black people have a similar sentiment so I preface that by saying that Zach and I we take this this walk together right but I also was pushing it because I think it's important that namely mm-hmm. namely to start off with this because we talk and I'm pointing back to the quote that I quoted with Julian Edelman the reason why I quoted that is because recently um, in the news, yeah. Deshaun Jackson made a, um, he po- reposted right. a quote from right. Adolf Hitler. Right. So he, he, right? he quoted a passage um, yes. that is often used by people to argue that Hitler was not racist. Right. And in my opinion, it's absurd for anyone to say that Hitler was not racist since he was responsible for killing millions of Jews um, in the Holocaust. But this this passage, you know, it's actually an internet hoax. It wasn't said by Hitler. Mm. Um, it's falsely attributed to him. Mm. So the, the false quote seems to pit black people and Jews against each other mm-hmm. because it calls Jews slave masters. But this is just garbage that was made up uh, by somebody who wanted to divide people and sow hatred and division. This was not uh, something that, you know, um, Adolf Hitler actually said. The fact that it, it's false, that it's, that it's uh, you know, something that was created by, you know, a prankster in 2017 and then went viral because people sometimes spread wild, you know, false claims on the internet. It's also something that is is certainly, you know, offensive. But I, I, th- I want to also bring up Nick Cannon, um, the mm-hmm. comedian, rapper, and television host who grabbed the same quote you know apologized for it later but you know i think it's i think it's hard because i think people reach in and they like 
I think sometimes when people are searching for something that they want to be uplifting because people need to be uplifted, unfortunately, you know, some of that rhetoric or some of that stuff is, is going to be tearing somebody else down to uh, lift yourself up. And so it's not genuine. It's not coming from a place of love. Right. It's not healing. Right. It's actually just divisive and hateful rhetoric. And I think a lot of that too, um, you know, is, and when you said that, what, what it landed on me is coming from these men and coming from a group of people who have historically had, you know, hatred bestowed on them. Mm-hmm. And also when you, when they speak about it, I don't know how much research they've done into this information mm-hmm. that they're putting in. Well, that they're, not that very much. Not very clearly. much. It doesn't seem like. No. And as far as Nick Cannon is concerned, I know he had a conversation with Professor Griff, who was a former mm-hmm. public enemy, mm-hmm. um, the, the rap group Public Enemy. He was a former member of them, and he had rhetoric towards Jewish people yeah. that they were having a converse, mm-hmm. conversation about, talking about the reason why he was kind of, you know, I, I don't know if he was like, he got a lot of backlash for comments that he made mm-hmm. towards Jewish people. Nick Cannon. N- no, this is Professor Griff. Oh, okay, Professor Griff. So while they were having that conversation, Nick Cannon was kind of, they were kind of piggybacking off each other mm, with okay. the sediment that mm-hmm. I believe that Jews were, that they were, the black people were the original mm-hmm. Israelites, the original uh-huh. Jews. And I think that when I was, because I was looking for it for myself, because I have to tell you that this is something that I, this is an ignorant space for me. Mm-hmm. Like it's not something that I know completely about on this side. Mm-hmm. And I believe that this is what triggers for a lot of black people. I think our lack of knowledge about okay. our own origin yeah. promotes that feeling of angst. And when it's stripped from you, okay. you just go in and say, you know what? Cause I've been through that. Uh-huh. I went through a period of pain and anger. Mm. When you find information, a lot yeah. of it not being true. Right. But you go off of it and you're like, you know, it's a period about, it's like right. just about like white people in general. Okay. So when you know you feel the oppression, like when you feel like you're going outside and you feel like you're getting, you know, manhandled by a police officer, you're getting profiled, you have this fear and then mm-hmm. it builds up anger. You're like, mm. you know what? Damn, you but when you get information uh-huh. that's like, you know what, damn, like this is this 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 doesn't feel good. I don't like the way this feels, but the information that you get that kind of pushes validation of your feeling like you know what oh you know what damn you're right black black people were the original person i'm not i don't know how true these things Mm -hmm. are but you connect to it because you're looking for something to connect to right you don't know actually i don't know actually what it really Mm -hmm. is that's where i think i mean for me you know there's there's actually a history of american jews working alongside blacks to lift up african americans for instance you know Recently, you know, 200 reformed Jews marched 860 miles alongside black activists from Selma, Alabama to Washington, D.C. in solidarity. This was just a few years ago. I mean, skipping around generations and decades, in 1964, reformed Jewish leaders challenged racial segregation and were arrested in Florida alongside Dr. Martin Luther King. You know, there's a history in this country of Jews and blacks actually having productive conversations and and getting along and working alongside one another especially Jews working for civil rights and fighting against oppressive laws but you know circling back to uh 
Deshaun Jackson and Julian Edelman. I love the way that Julian Edelman, you know, flipped the script. Absolutely. You know, he said, hey, you know, like you said in your opening remarks, this is an opportunity to have a conversation about this. So let's just learn from one another. Absolutely. And I, and I, you know, I think that what he did was the opposite of what people usually do when these important issues come up and people need to have a conversation about it. When somebody says something, the knee jerk reaction is to everybody gets out of sorts and mm-hmm. they get pissed off. And that, that's on both sides. Mm-hmm. You know, we do it as black people. And in this case, you know what I mean? Like this, it, not in this case specifically. Well, yeah, because white, mm-hmm. white people or Jewish people in this white Jewish people have gotten gotten upset or were were definitely triggered by it. But now right. you got you got a guy who's coming and say, listen, he understands even without saying it. He understands that historically there's a lot of misinformation, mm-hmm. miseducation around these areas. They're very sensitive. Right. And we we and it's on it's on both sides. Yeah. Both absolutely. sides there's a lot of sensitivity. There's a lot of when you have black people that somebody said something may have said something about a black person in the media, right? And they say something that's it could be a microaggression, it could be a flat out racist statement. Or it could be something that was misinterpreted. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, there's sensitivity around it. And when there's sensitivity, black people get, we get up in a, in a, we get uproared about yeah. it. We get like pissed off about it. In sense. Naturally, yeah. We get, cause it's sensitive. Yeah. Right? So we're expecting people to adhere to our, you no, know, that sensitive area. But at the end of the day, then you have what happened in this case mm-hmm. with Deshaun Jackson. Right. He said something. People got sensitive and mm-hmm. and he apologized. Right. That's usually what happens when white person says something. If a white person calls a black person a nigger, then or says something relatively close to it, which is right. usually the case, or something that, that crosses the line, then they usually apologize when they have something on the line to lose. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like that's usually what happens. When people have stuff on the line to lose, they usually apologize. Right. And it's hard for you to tell whether it's genuine or not. Right. Because they said it. Right. It's like they said the thing. Yeah. It's like now they're walking so, it back. Yeah. So the conversation is mm-hmm. what is making them say it? Number mm-hmm. one. And number two, what's making them walk it back? Right. Right. That's what that's mm-hmm. to me. That's, yeah. I mean, I, I hear. Yeah. yeah. I, you understand what I'm saying? Like, I think so. And I so what is what's making them say it? I think that we kind of touched on that. I think that has to do with a lot of ignorance and a lot of pain and people just project mm-hmm. stuff. But at when it when it to me, the reason why I wanted to have this conversation when it comes to Judaism, I honestly believe this is my personal opinion because uh-huh. it happened with me. Mm-hmm. And let me be also clear about this to speak to go back to your point and I'll double back to this in a minute. Okay. But what to speak to your point about how Jews have Jewish people have walked along the side the lines with black people. Yeah. Me specifically, uh-huh. I I got my when the what I'm doing now. You know, a Jewish man actually got me in a position where I could have a job, mm-hmm. right? This is not something that, you know, I, I was taking a class. He mm-hmm. was teaching a class. He, 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 you know, he saw that I, I, I had some bright ideas. And not only did he see that he, he pushed, he was, a, he was an important p- person in my field and he pushed it along yeah. to someone else. I had an opportunity, took the opportunity. Right. You understand what I'm you've saying? Had, you've experienced kindness and I've, generosity and 
and and human connection without, with Jewish people. Absolutely, no, I hear you. Without I hear you. it being I mean, anything, without it even. Right. Well, let me say this: without it being a thing where it is no, like they were trying to do something for a black person. It was okay. just like okay, they would just. Being themselves, right? I didn't look at it like, oh yeah, he's nah. he's looking out. I no, just, no, no. But you just because you're saying? a human being, right? Yes, and he's but not just that, but also that I was, you know, pushing the envelope too, right? Right. He wasn't he wasn't take he wasn't asserting any white, you know, supremacist like values or white supremacists. He was a mentor and a helper and a, a good person in your in your life. But no, the I other you, part I is, you. I didn't even know he was Jewish. Okay, found out later. Yeah. Okay, just like you. I didn't know you were Jewish. Right. Well, when I mean, I first I, met you. I'd say for myself, you know, I'm no, you know, I'm by, I'm by no means an expert on Judaism. There you go. You know, I was raised with no religious training. I didn't go to Hebrew school and I never learned to speak or write Hebrew. Mm. I mean, that said, I feel like. But also, too, let me, let me, I don't want to stop you, but because I want to break, the, I really want to break this down like yeah. Hebrew school and to speak Hebrew. What mm -hmm. is. Like to to someone who doesn't right, know. so that's a that's a language. Okay, there are many people in my family who speak it. Okay, but I wasn't raised or taught how to speak it when I was a little kid. Okay, is that um, a language of Judaism? Yes. Okay, yeah. got it. Okay, one of the things that I can say, even though, as I said, I'm no expert on Judaism. Yeah, I can. You know, I can tell you that you know many modern day Jews in America are secular. You know, meaning people have attitudes and beliefs that are not particularly religious. Got you. Um, you know, for some secular Jews like me, mm -hmm. our Judaism is an important ethnic and cultural part of our identity rather than having religious meaning. You know, and I think that many secular Jews are either agnostic or atheist, you know, an atheist being someone who does not believe in the existence of God and an agnostic being someone who is doubtful about the existence of God, but is open to the possibility. You know, I would fall in the agnostic camp. Gotcha. I like to, you know, try to walk around with an open heart. So I also, to, real quick, I also wanted to, but what you were saying, like how it's more connected to a cultural having more of a cultural definition. Mm -hmm. And I also, that's, this is something that we talked about before. I, and this is why I feel that there's more of a, a more of a thing, especially, and I, I'm not speaking, I'm speaking for me, like, mm -hmm. and a lot of people that I speak to mm -hmm. that are black, I can guarantee you that a lot of black people think Judaism or Jewish people are a race of mm -hmm. people. It's not a religion. It's like right. a race, mm. right? So that was the that's the first mm -hmm. area of like confusion. Okay, you understand what uh -huh. I'm saying? For a lot of people, for me, namely, what it was. Mm -hmm. Like I said, now it's different. Right. But I know different now. I'm just saying when people are thinking, they yeah. And I think my thought is, I think a lot of it is connected to the connection mm -hmm. that the Jewish community has a tight connection. Yeah, and coming from adversity mm -hmm. births these birth these 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 feelings of these feelings of connection like how black people come from adversity and that those that mm -hmm. level of connection you tend to come from a place of you know what let's stick together right and that's what kind of makes it seem like it's a race as opposed to a religion because mm. you come you've you've had you've traveled a road of adversity that adversity bonds you together. Mm -hmm. Now, as you're bonded together, most people that are bonded together, they're bonded together in, in this world by color. Mm -hmm. And that's what kind of makes the religion like had this, this kind of invisible bond to race. Okay. That's the way I mm. have viewed it. 
Okay. Previously. Right. I think you, what you're saying is is right that a lot of people, you know, in it just don't know much about Judaism. Yep. And like, you know, I can tell you there are four major branches of Judaism in our country. And like, you know, my family and I belong to a Reconstructionist synagogue. Um, but, you know, there's also Orthodox, Conservative, um, and Reform. I guess the basic idea of Reconstructionist Judaism is that Judaism needs to be reconstructed in order to remain relevant in our lives today. Different than that, Orthodox Jews believe that Jewish law should be strictly observed and followed. That said, there are many subgroups within Orthodox Judaism. Mm. Then there's Conservative Judaism. Much like Orthodox Jews, Conservative Jews also want to preserve Jewish tradition and ritual, but they're more flexible about interpreting Jewish law. And the fourth major branch of Judaism in the United States is Reform Judaism. This is a more liberal strand of Judaism than conservative or Orthodox Judaism. Central to Reform Judaism is the idea of repairing the world. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. So that's a belief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. It's central. It's the motto. Wow. Mm-hmm. Huh. Wow. And a lot of Ju- Reform Jews in particular have been, um, you know, central to you know, helping black causes and black rights and the black power movement and, and, and when well before that. Now, and, and I, and I think that's, I think that's also, you know, that's, that's enlightening. And I, and, um, I, I also, there is another part of it that, that comes up for me when I'm, when I think about how, um, I think a lot of people receive, Jewish there's a there's a stigma that there's like you know Jewish people are like you know always powerful and power hungry and stuff like that and I can't say that I haven't had that sediment I can't I can't say that I haven't mm-hmm. I haven't because it's what you see you turn on the TV and you mm-hmm. see okay like even in the city like Comcast mm-hmm. you know that with, with NBC though they're they're Jewish right, right. so we we're talking about you know, and, and historically, you know, like record company execs, you know, a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of those guys are Jewish people, right? They're put they're in position positions of power. Mm-hmm. And the 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 connection to me when I see it, there's one thing that because I don't I don't I don't fray me myself personally, I don't fray away from capitalism. I think that 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 people should have the right to expound on their ideas yeah right like i don't in a free and democratic system absolutely i don't think that i don't disagree with it yeah you're for entrepreneurship i am for Mm entrepreneurship but i'm not for marginalization Mm -hmm. by Mm -hmm. me by way of entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. sure that i'm not for right so you know anybody that's using their natural talents to exploit other people Mm -hmm. that's not something i'm for Right. Right. So I'm for great ideas, Mm -hmm. but I'm for uplifting and contributing and growth. I'm not for the other shit. Right. Right. So, you know, that that being said, you know, when I then take a group of people who have had atrocities, major atrocities done to them, then you see a stronger bond. Right. Mm -hmm. You're and you know, and if it's all based in religion, I think that the connection to it, the connection to the re- the religious aspect of it is like, you know what? If I'm not running away from the idea mm-hmm. of capitalism yeah. within my religion, right? Mm-hmm. And other people may be where I think in in the black community, mm-hmm. we've been and this is this is this may or may not be ignorant, but cre- I'm not a religious 
subscriber anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I grew up Seven Day of Venice. Okay. With a lot of people say is mm-hmm. kind of close to Judaism, right? Mm. Close mm. to Jehovah Witness. Mm. So there's a lot of grouping mm-hmm. when it comes to religions, mm-hmm. but a lot of people don't adopt to the idea, you know, and Christianity too, mm-hmm. right? I think black people, as I experience it, we experience going to church. Oh, you know, like, you know, going to church and and asking God for what we want. But I think as a as a community, we don't there's obvious differences. We don't our our communal practices yeah. as far as economics mm-hmm. are not really strongly tied into our our race. Mm-hmm. It's really not strongly interwoven. We separate them. Okay. So we separate our economics from our religion. Mm. And I don't think that from the lens that I see, I don't see that happening in the Jewish community. I don't see it. Well, I don't see it being a problem. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think probably any successful individual or community has to, as much as possible, integrate everything. But the problem with African-Americans is that you've been systematically cut out exactly. of the system and you been know from, from, from slavery it. days but that's been taught through christianity though mm. you understand well, yeah and then there's the issue of colonization of africa and they use the, that you know well that too right but i mean here the, right, it's right, here, here. Yep. the 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 teaching to mm-hmm. to get a group of people to do what you want to do you teach them a certain way Right. You leave the economics out of it Mm. and then you teach them what you want to teach them. Mm -hmm. So that and then, oh, you know, by the good book, but you leave a lot of shit out. Right. Well, yeah, it's it's like that conversation that we had, you know, about, you know, the Civil War being taught, you know, in Texas based on like states rights. This was an issue of states rights. Right. It's a it's a naming thing. Right. Right. It's semantics. It's like who controls the language controls the narrative. Right. Okay. Right. Exactly. And uh, exactly. You know, like how black people may have had, I'm sure, tons of patents. Mm-hmm. They would have had tons of patents for mm-hmm. things that they've come up with or created. Right. But they can't capitalize right. on it. Right. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear you. But I mean, I think I think part of, you know, this conversation comes back to ancestors, you know, mm. feelings around that, around those ancestors. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, my great, great, great grandfather and grandmother migrated from Germany to Austria, you know, sometime in the late 1700s or early 1800s. They had been persecuted and denied an education in Germany. In Austria, they were free to practice their religion. You know, they were Orthodox Jews. They were treated as equals in Austria. And, uh, you know, so they started a a wholesale groceries business. So I, I don't know, just these little anecdotes, you know, just thinking about, to me, the details are the thing that, that makes it, that forms that connection. The connection, you know? absolutely. You know, because without the details, we're lost in abstractions. And I feel like that's part of the problem about what we hear so much just on the news and also just the, you know, bombardment of news media coming in just flattens everything. You don't have the emotional resonance. That's a beautiful statement because at the end of the day, it goes back to like you really elevated the conversation now i know we have because now i'm 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 like okay the real shit is in the details mm-hmm. and obviously that, that coming back to what i was saying about ignorance and mm-hmm. our our pain around it the stuff that we are not saying all of it is true and not saying all of it is false mm. but the de- the like pain you said, the, we carry that's right the mm-hmm. details of everything that's happened we're disconnected from the mm-hmm. details. Mm-hmm. So you can tell a story about your ancestors that I can't, mm-hmm. right? 
or a lot of black people can't. Well, and I think part of that being disconnected from the details is being disconnected from one's body, you know, because mm. I think like in our bodies, we carry a lot of this pain and, and, and you know, trauma from past generations, yeah. you know. Yeah. But the way that we explore that pain and probe it and expose it to light and heal it is by talking about by it. By talking about it, that's is, exactly what we're know, doing. You know, so I think I think it really is, there's something to that, you know. But so when something, you know, when something hurtful happens to any group of people, like, mm -hmm. you know, an attack on Jews or blacks or, you know, whatever group of people it is, it's hurtful and it comes from a place of hate. Yeah. And that hate comes from a place of fear. Exactly. You know, when That's things important. happen like the Pittsburgh synagogue shooting in October 2018 in the Squirrel Hill neighborhood of Pittsburgh, you know, 11 people killed, six wounded. You know, in 2019, a gunman killed someone in a synagogue in Poway, California, you know, injured three. We see these news headlines and like each one of these, I think, is an instance of someone's ultimate core of fear somehow in a horrible way blossoming into hatred and then letting the hatred rule their lives to the point where they would inflict this physical harm killing another person mm -hmm. kind of like how not the same way but mm -hmm. you're talking about this just you bringing up and putting into context what deshaun jackson retweeted mm -hmm. which was not even true you understand it wasn't it was true, not a real thing it was a made-up thing it was a made-up thing but that's the thing the sediment behind that was made up and it was made up from fear or in that fear turns into and it provokes hatred, mm. right? Mm -hmm. And then people then, on top of that, it promotes ignorance, right? Right, Because now the promotion of ignorance is somebody picking up, not dissecting it, not mm -hmm. knowing that it had, and that's the detail. Mm -hmm. The detail is, is that, okay, the truth is, right. he didn't say it. Hitler mm -hmm. didn't say it, right? right? This, somebody made it up and somebody can take it and run with it. Mm. It takes on its own fucking lane mm -hmm. and now somebody's running with the shit and it's all disconnected from the truth of yeah it. absolutely and and everyone's putting their spin on it right so you know by the time it gets read in you know various publications around the country and the world it's each one's got its own particular spin and you don't really it's it takes a lot of work to parse the truth from what's being described it's just not always you know it's just not always on the ball it's not but that's not to say, you know, that there's no reliability in news journalism because there certainly is. And I wouldn't want people to think that I was saying that, you know, it's just that you do have to be careful about what you read and what you consume and question whether it's real, like whether it's true. But the thing about it, just think about it. I, now I'm thinking about something else. That person put something out that's mm -hmm. going to trigger hatred. But at the same time, this person already has a feeling. So De Deshaun Jackson mm -hmm. obviously had a feeling about something. Right. Right. He was moved to put, he was looking, I don't know mm -hmm. if it fell in his lap. Maybe he's going through a period of his life where he's going through mm. like, Oh, you know what? Mm -hmm. Damn. Like he's experiencing something. Right. Like he's at, we're in the middle of this climate where, at, where racial tensions are high mm -hmm. and you don't know what he's experienced on his level. Right. I don't know what kind of, you know, what kind of shit he's going through. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to judge it either. No. Like, and, but that's where. You don't want to get Edel caught in that trap. You don't want to get caught in that trap. And that's where the beauty of where Edelman came in and said, because yeah. as a peer of yep. his, he said, listen, bro. Yeah. Let's have a conversation. Let's have a conversation. Yeah. Let's talk the shit that's out. All. Let's talk. Because we can learn from each mm -hmm. other. 
And, right. and that to me was the most profound thing that could have ever happened. Yes. Because it stops the shit. Mm -hmm. It pumps the brakes. Then the media can't even do anything about it. They automatically neutralize. And it makes it stops. Right. And because they can't take right. him what he's mm -hmm. oh, he said that I'm gonna say something back. Mm -hmm. And then he's gonna say something back. No, it stops. It takes it out of the simplistic narrative and gives it a more honest narrative, which is the more complex one. Exactly. It's the harder one to deal with. Mm -hmm. It's harder to deal with the honesty of the situation. Right. P people don't want to deal with that. They don't want to deal with the honesty. They want to deal with the easy shit. Oh, yeah, right. he said this. And then he said that. Right. And then he said nah. that. Uh-uh. And whenever you, you get stuck in that kind of paradigm of like, he said this and, sh you know, the other guy said the other thing. It's just, you get lost in that. And then there's there's no, you don't you don't even know what's up, what's down, what's left, what's right. You know, either you don't have any grounding. Or you don't know what the truth is. You don't know what the truth is, no. So, I mean, you know, and I, and I really like, I, I, I really like to come back to the details because, you know, in that same, that same line of my family I was telling you about, you know, um, my, uh, my great grandfather, who was in Austria, he got a job working in a dairy farm. He was married. He had a couple of kids. And um, in 1911, he came to the United States. His brother had already come to America and he lived with his brother and, and got this, took this job that his brother got for him, pressing men's clothes. But he was never very good at it because his hands had gotten burned when he was a kid because back in Austria, he used to sometimes curl up in the winter on this little shelf above the oven to keep warm mm. in the wintertime. His hands got all burned, so he wasn't very good with his hands. So he got fired from that job and ended up... Like freezer burn? Like like No, like burned by the oven by the because oh, he was above the oven. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he fell. He was just a little kid. Gotcha. I just, I just think that's that had to be so painful. But... um. Anyway, he came to came to New York City, came to the United States through Ellis Island, you know, in 1911. Okay. Yeah. Got this job and, you know, eventually his wife and kids came over and they had three more children and and then, you know, my great-grandfather after his job pressing men's clothes, he opened a newspaper stand on 7th Street and Avenue C. You know, back in Austria, many of my ancestors were killed by Cossacks orthodox christian russians okay but the cossacks slaughtered whole families in sasau where my family lived and what's this early 1900s this was yeah wow that's not too yeah. uh it's just i, I think kinda, i think that's not that's not far i think away. part of the gist is like none of this stuff is actually too too far removed yeah. from us yeah you know so the more we know about it the more we're able yeah. to talk about it and you know unpack it and 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 let it impact us where we are now yeah the better absolutely thankfully you're able to even have this information that's a, that's and I a should, blessing within itself like. i should say too that you know the way that i came upon this information is my mom who's a writer and uh you know was a reporter um she interviewed people on my father's side of the family yeah put together this you know trough of information and uh so i think the the takeaway is ask questions you yeah know? like yeah while your parents While are your still parents are around, alive. yeah, you know, if you're lucky to still have grandparents, ask questions, ask them questions, because yeah. you want to know this stuff. Yeah, you, know? you get older, you want to know these stories. You know, you want to know as much as you can the painful stuff and the good stuff and the you good know? stuff. Yeah, I like I mean, like you're saying. I learned a lot of I learned a lot of shit about my father as I told you mm. um, after he passed away. You know, I learned of. I mean, he told me some things before he died, mm. but you know, I learned a lot of things about. Mm -hmm. um, not only him, but you know, the thing, the, uh, there's some impressionable things that I learned. Like I learned that my 
you know, my, I think my third great grandfather, my last name is Lord mm. Hammond. And, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't Lord Hammond before mm-hmm. it was Hammond. Mm. His first name was Lord and his last name was Hammond. So his, his name, you know, cause of colonization, mm-hmm. Hammond is an English name. He didn't want that to go carry forward. Mm. So he put his, his first name with the last name. So the rest of the generation, especially mm. the men can carry that forward. Okay. So now I'm the only, I'm, Two, there's only two of us left. Mm-hmm. There's only two Lord Hammond men left mm. out of, you know, out of that lineage. Right. So, you know, there's things like that that, yeah. I mean, there's more, but there's things like that that I didn't know. And, right. and by the way, my father's from Ghana. Mm. So, you know, he's from Ghana and Africa. Um, and, um, you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of information that, like you said, it's in the details. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. The details can can change your fucking life. Yeah, absolutely. It's so it's it's important. It's powerful. Yeah, it's powerful information, and that's that's to me that's the important part of it. You know what I mean? That's why there's so much frustration because people power has been mm-hmm. removed from them mm-hmm. because they don't know where they came from. Right. You don't know right. what the you know what I mean? Like if you don't know what you what your stock is, you don't mm-hmm. know. You can't identify with that. You almost are rendered powerless. Mm-hmm. You got to reestablish what that means. You got to right. dig right. it down. You only, you only right. can go with a feeling. Right. You can't go with details and mm-hmm. truth. Right. And I think ultimately it's best to like, you know, err on the side of wide encompassing, you know, like for me in, you know, much of my public life as a writer, you know, I write under Watterson, which is my mom's mm. last name. And that's very freeing for me. It's very mm. liberating to be able to write under that name because she's such a freedom fighter and such a such a powerful um, writer in her own regard, and uh, you know, and then you know my my father's name David. You know, I use in my in much of my other work life as a stonemason, and so which is a Jew- Jewish name. I don't. It's yeah. Well, it was Davidowitz. Okay, and then it was changed from Davidowitz to David. Okay, by I think my great grandfather's brother. So now what is the connection with a, a name and the relig- like you understand what I'm saying like a na- cuz well a lot of names were changed in Ellis Island so a okay. lot of people were coming over from Europe yeah. escaping the pogroms okay. and, and and they came over and their names were americanized okay. by either them or people at the border but gotcha. a lot of people would come in and th- their name would sound so polish or hungarian or romanian or you know, Ukrainian or what have you that, you know, they, you know, mostly, you know, that they would change their name to something that sounded more simple, more American. Got you. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. And that happened a lot. Wow. Um, but yeah. And I mean, you, you, you know, when you see a Jewish sounding last name, you yeah. recognize it. Yeah. And, you, you know, do. I take pride in that last name and I use it um, with pride. And I also use um, Watterson with pride. And that, you know, that takes me back to my ancestry in the Isle of Man. Um, my, a lot ma- of details. my Manx yeah. ancestry. Yeah. And I take pride in that too. So I think it's, it's good not to be just one thing. And you definitely aren't one thing, brother. Mm-mm. You definitely aren't one thing. Thank you. Absolutely not. I mean, I mean absolutely, you're not definitely not one thing. But thank you. Yes, you, you're welcome. Um, um, because you know it's 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 good to know to feel that level of yeah. affirmation mm-hmm. for your own your own. You know what I mean? Have that yeah. level of affirmation for your own being. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's 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 awesome. And I then appreciate also, that. absolutely. And then being able to. 
you know, break it down because this is, listen, I don't care what anybody said. This people don't, if they knew a lot of people knew we, they wouldn't be saying shit and backtracking and saying mm-hmm. it and backtracking. Right. Right. Say it and say it yeah. or don't say it. Right. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like either one, but when you, when you all the backtracking mm-hmm. to me, it's either you are intentionally trying to, mm-hmm. to be hurtful or you just are ignorant and you don't know. Right. I think the thing to do is like, there's no, there's no shame in not being right. Right. There's no shame in not knowing. It's actually a sign of wisdom and intelligence not to know because actually the older you get, even though if you know, you're, you're consciously, you know, in, you know, enriching your mind and reading and watching wonderful documentaries and having great conversations and living your life to the fullest. Still, you become more and more aware of all that you do not know. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's a, it's a way because you don't give yourself a ceiling, mm. right? You mm-hmm. gotta, you gotta place, you, you're starting like you say, you don't know you got so much room to grow. Right. Just by right. saying that you don't right. fucking know. Right. And you can grow more from there right. when you know you're already up here. Right. And you can't go no further. And one of the things that I, I just feel like the beauty about this conversation is, you know, we're not, we're not here to change legislation. No. You know, we're here for, you know, the consciousness growth. You know, for the development, for the for the conversation, the contribution, yes, and the growth, yes, that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's what this that's what this shit is about. Having the conversation mm-hmm. that shouldn't be hard to have. Yeah, but I just I just feel if people would find ways of reaching out more and you know connecting with people around them and just recognizing the humanity in that person in front of you you know and in yourself having compassion for yourself you know that it it just offers opportunities for you know for real connection and development Tune in next Thursday at 9 a.m. for a conversation about COVID-19.
As a disclaimer, Zach and I don't pretend to speak for all white or all black people.